In their own words, a collection of Mormon quotations is a valuable resource when wanting to know what Mormon leaders have said on a number of topics related to the LDS faith. Compiled by Mormonism Research Ministries' Bill McKeever, In Their Own Words is available at mrm.org. Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. Back on July 11th, 2022, Eric, myself, and a friend of this ministry, Trevor Wolf, flew to St. Louis to begin a two-week visit to historic sites in Nauvoo, Illinois, Kirtland, Ohio, and Palmyra, New York. We wanted to talk about some of the things that we saw while on this trip. I guess you could say, Eric, it was kind of a a fact-gathering trip because we had not been back in those historical sites of Mormonism for many, many years. In fact, I think it was probably close to three and a half decades when I was in Palmyra, New York, where this whole thing started. We wanted to go back to take a number of the tours of these various areas and listen carefully to what the LDS missionaries, because that's who mans a lot of these places, are either senior couples who do this as a contribution to their church, and there are a lot of, of course, regular proselytizing missionaries, mainly sister missionaries, are located at some of these sites to answer questions and tell a brief history of the buildings that they are in. So we wanted to hear what they had to say. Because sometimes you can learn a lot by not only things that are said, but also by things that are not said. And certainly there was a lot that is not said on many of the tours that we took. But we also wanted to go back to assist a good friend of ours, Steve Daly, who runs the Nauvoo Christian Visitor Center in Nauvoo. It's on Mulholland near where the temple is located. Steve heads a ministry called Mission to Mormons, and if you want to check out his website, I encourage you to do so. It's Mission to, and that's the number two, missiontomormons.org. While we were there, Steve was asking us our opinion on what he can do in the visitor center to hopefully attract more visitors in Nauvoo, because during the summer, this is a pretty busy place. They have a a pageant, and that was one of the reasons why we went as well. We were going to be handing out literature at the pageant. There are two plays that they put on, and they alternate. But he wanted to know, how can I attract more people into the visitor center and hopefully have a Christian witness? And, And it's a delicate situation. If it comes across as being overtly critical of Mormonism, That scares a lot of the Latter-day Saints away, and certainly they pass that information on to other Latter-day Saints, and they won't go. So, Eric, we were talking to Steve about this, and you came up with the idea of how about something like a Bible museum, having evidence for why we can trust the Bible. Because we found that that does tend to interest some Latter-day Saints when you have information on that, because we all know that the official position of the LDS Church is that they believe the Bible to be the Word of God, 
as far as it is translated correctly. And as we've talked about many times on this show, that's understood to mean as far as it's transmitted correctly. In other words, our Bible has been corrupted, they say, down through the years and can no longer be trusted, making it necessary for latter-day revelation and a latter-day prophet to guide the church in the right direction. We have seen several different organizations who have put together Bible museums. For instance, here in the Salt Lake City area, Calvary Chapel Salt Lake City has a number of artifacts and old documents that help support the idea of the Bible and its accuracy. Also, if you go to Ephraim, Utah, there is a place called the Solid Rock Cafe right across the street from the college there. One of the things that they have there is a Bible museum, and people come in to see this Bible museum. So it's an idea that has been done at several different places. And so now in Nauvoo, the Christian Visitor Center is hoping to put together this Bible museum that will happen in the future. And they have four different goals. Number one, they want to discover how the scriptures came to us from their original languages. Two, learn of the biblical prophecies that have been fulfilled. Three, survey key archaeological discoveries that validate the Bible. Four, see how Jesus and his atoning sacrifice is the overarching theme of the Bible, the Word of God for every generation. So we're very excited about that. He has a new building that's proposed, and they're going to start working on that here in the next year, hopefully. He has plans to remodel the current facility so that it will be able to have different artifacts and other things that people can come and see. And you're going to find, I think, that that's going to be very popular with the average LDS audience who would not come in if it was all about, uh, as you said, against Mormonism. Now, Steve has been witnessing at the Nauvoo pageant for many, many years, and I used to be on the board of the Nauvoo Christian Visitor Center many, many years ago, and I made it a point to go back there for several summers because that's when we would have our board meeting, and we would minister at the pageant. They've kind of changed it a little bit now. They have uh, one that's mainly about Nauvoo and what life was like in Nauvoo during the 1840s when Joseph Smith was alive. And then they have another one called the British Pageant, where they mainly talk about a lot of these converts that came from England over to Nauvoo. The problem that I had in watching these plays is that it tended to give the impression that life in Nauvoo was utopia. And being led by a great prophet of God, which of course is Joseph Smith. And the British pageant dealt with a lot of the hardships that these converts went through in in leaving their homeland and coming across the ocean and then going across many, many miles to Nauvoo, Illinois. And yes, there were hardships, and I don't want to take away from those hardships. I know these people were very sincere in what they believed, even though I might say they were sincerely wrong in what they believed. The fact is, they took their beliefs, they put them into action, and they were to go back to Nauvoo to live in this this area where Joseph Smith was leading the church at that particular time. There's no mention, of course, about a lot of the controversies that were in Nauvoo during that time. And a lot of those controversies were brought about by Joseph Smith himself, especially when it came to his having many plural wives. That upset a lot of Latter-day Saints when they eventually found out about this, because it was basically a secret that was kept from much of the membership. Many of the people living in Nauvoo probably never even imagine that Joseph Smith was doing these things. I'm sure they heard some rumors, but they probably took those 
rumors, quote unquote, as being false tales just to make their profit look bad, like many Latter-day Saints today look at negative reports about Joseph Smith as being nothing but angry people who didn't believe that he was a true prophet. I think even Joseph's first wife, Emma, was surprised at all that was going on, and she didn't know every detail. I think that's very clear when you read the history books like Mormon Enigma. There are books out there that very clearly show that she was surprised and did not like the teaching of polygamy. That's true. Emma Smith never went along with it. I guess you could say that there was a time when she did tend to relent But that was only when Joseph Smith tried to convince her that these situations were really more for the future in the next life and not really for the here and now. And then she found out that Joseph Smith was really lying to her about that. And then naturally it brought up her animosity towards these relationships again. But one of the things that caught our attention, there were signs on fence posts. What did those signs say? Uh, The first sign said, you may encounter offensive behavior while crossing the street. Second one, any interaction encourages contention. And third, we encourage you to focus on the wonderful events ahead. Now, reading those signs, and let's say you're a Latter-day Saint, you've come to Nauvoo to watch these pageants, one or both, and you read these signs, what do you take away from that? It gives you the impression that we, because for the first three days uh, that we were there, we were all by ourselves. It was Steve and a couple of his friends and then us three. We were the only ones really there handing out any literature. And if you know anything about our ministry, we're very low-key. We're just handing out some papers to the people, greeting them or encouraging them to have a conversation with us if they so desire. But certainly we are behaving I think, quite well. And we're, we're watching what we're having to say because we know this is a delicate situation. For me, I like to hand out the book, The Miracle of Forgiveness by Spencer W. Kimball. I had a chance to do that. But Bill, I have a question. What exactly is offensive behavior? How did the Latter-day Saint, when he or she read that, take that? And how do the leaders take that? But I, I talked to one of the leaders there at the pageant who uh, was a volunteer but was in charge of the area where we were, and I told him, I'm not quite sure what offensive behavior is. He says, well, it's not you guys. I said, okay, so why are those signs there since we're the only ones here? And he said, you're actually bringing out a pretty good point because we weren't looking to, as the sign said, encourage contention. We were just trying to hand out free books or free literature. He actually told me that he was going to go talk to the leaders and see about having those signs removed because those signs really didn't apply to us. Well, we should mention, too, that there have been times in the past before we were there where some people who were street preaching And of course, Latter-day Saints don't tend to like that, even though in their own scriptures, street preaching is certainly looked upon as something that was positive. For instance, if you were to look in the Book of Mormon in Alma chapter 26, verse 29, and we have entered into their houses and taught them, and we have taught them in their streets. There's even another reference in Alma 32, verse 1. It says, And it came to pass that they did go forth and began to preach the word of God unto the people, entering into their synagogues and into their houses. Yea, and even they did preach the word in their streets. Now, whether you like street preaching or do not like street preaching, we see that in the New Testament, and we also see it in the Book of Mormon. Now, naturally, when you seem to be the object of why the street preaching is there, I can see why they would not like that. 
That's not our style. We are more wanting to be conversational with Latter-day Saints. That's what I hope to do is to get into a conversation with a Latter-day Saint. But I'm sure that that's probably why those signs were there, maybe anticipating that the street preachers would show up. What's interesting is that one pageant had to do with the British people. Well, how did a lot of those people become Latter-day Saints? Wilford Woodruff was one of the presidents of the church who went and actually preached in the streets, as did a number of others. Yeah, now at the time, Woodruff wasn't the president, but he would eventually become the president, and they did a lot of street preaching in order to get the people's attention. But still, they had those signs there that I'm sure probably put a lot of visitors on notice and perhaps even made some of them a little apprehensive about our presence there. And I noticed a lot of uh, people who would read the signs and look up and see us, then they would walk by and we would say, hi, how are you? They would not even converse with us at all. Tomorrow, we're going to continue talking about this trip that we had visiting a number of LDS sites, primarily in the city of Nauvoo, Illinois, Kirtland, Ohio, and Palmyra, New York. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another Viewpoint on Mormonism. We hope you've enjoyed today's edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. But did you know you can also listen to past broadcasts at your convenience? Simply go to Mormonism Research Ministries' website at mrm.org. Again, that's mrm.org. And scroll down to the box that says, Listen to the Podcast. Click here, and you'll find links to past shows that cover a number of pertinent subjects. Feel free to download the shows to your favorite listening device, and by all means, please share them with your friends. Once again, that's mrm.org.